What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Game podcast extra. We are going to talk about Forbidden Door, which is Sunday at five o'clock, four o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock, right? Pre-show four o'clock, Pre-show. five o'clock start time. There we go. Uh, and I have two special guests with me who are kind of perfect to discuss AEW in New Japan. The first voice that you heard was uh, Jeremy Finestone. He is doing the rounds this week being one of our two new japan uh current new japan pro wrestling folks podcasters he, he and stephen conway they together do speaking of strong style on our youtube channel jeremy what is up not much man i am getting more and more hyped as the minutes go for the forbidden door show it is in overdrive for me how are you good i'm really good i'm glad that we could all do this because uh we have another uh, another guy who is uh, very vital to our network here, uh, Scott Edwards, Scott E. Wrestling. We just put out the uh, latest episode of Five Star on the Patreon. So if you are a Patreon member, go ahead and listen to that. And also we put the preview portion uh, of that show on the YouTube channel. So you can see Scott on YouTube as well. Scott, what is going on? Not much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I couldn't be more excited for Sunday. Like, this is the most amped I've been for an AEW <laughs> show. I don't even know. Like, this is, it's been, the, this is a different level. I love me. this because the way that we're going to do this preview is we're not going to go down the card match by match, though we'll talk about a lot of the matches. We'll get there by some of the questions that I'm going to ask. But much like I did for Double or Nothing. Uh, and uh, what was the other? What was the WWE show was that was the same week as Double or Nothing? Oh, uh... Backlash. Is that what it was? I have no idea. <laughs> that was that was my best guess. I don't remember <laughs> anymore. Whatever, whatever that was, I'll 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 remember it here. It's all so long ago, Garrett. <laughs> uh, Night of Champions. That's what there it was. It is. Oh. Uh, I, I asked when we did those previews, I, you know, I just asked questions to kind of get people's interest in the storylines, interest in the build. And, and you guys both kind of answered my first question already, but we'll get that out of the way. Number one, which is compared to the AEW shows that we've 
seen this year. We're talking pay-per-view. So the San Francisco show, which was in, uh, what was that, in March, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we had a double or nothing in Vegas. So how does Forbidden Door compare to your intrigue with both of those shows heading into those shows now, you know, depending on whether you love those shows or not, you know, after the fact, you may feel a certain way, but just think back, go back into those times and thinking before the shows happened, what was your interest in? And then compare it to Forbidden Door. And Jeremy, we'll, we'll let you go first. So uh, I went to Revolution and I went to Double or Nothing and I went to both of those live and I'm going to be watching Forbidden Door from tape. But I remember distinctly feeling a sense of something was missing in the build going into Revolution and same with Double or Nothing with a couple of the key angles and stories going into it. I don't necessarily feel the same way about Forbidden Door, but I do feel that there are similarities to the build this time, but you don't need to fill the gaps in as much because of the New Japan contingent. The information that they're trying to give you regarding New Japan is very surface level, Mm -hmm. uh, moment in time kind of all-star game mentality. So it's not as much of a hindrance for my enjoyment of watching it. But once you get to the show itself, much like Revolution, much like Double or Nothing, you're going to end up with a show that you're going to have very little complaints about, in my opinion. And so, a, a, a side a side B uh, of that question. Last year's build, I think a lot of people were a little frustrated with it being so last second in making of the matches, and and that is just because of the fact that you're working with a partner. This isn't like Tony Khan's dream show. It's like he's working with another company. He's working with another booker to make sure that you're not spoiling other things that are happening with that company. But do you think that they are doing a better job at promoting this show versus last year? Yes, I I definitely do. Uh, I've changed my expectations a lot because when you look at that card from last year, you had about 13 matches, uh, three or four singles matches, I think maybe three uh, on the men's side, and just a lot of matches of people thrown together because of the mess that you have. This year, I think we have about eight or nine matches so far, and a majority of them are singles matches, which means a lot of the key guys uh, from New Japan aren't necessarily on the card or may not have a prominent spot, which makes things a little interesting, but I think the build for a moment-in-time marquee match lineup, this is knocking last year out of the park. My Wikipedia card shows 11 matches plus a pre-show match. So that's 12 and so that's that's a good number, and I wonder if they're going to add more to the pre-show or not. But Scott, compared to the two pay-per-views this year, what are how how do you compare this? Are you are you more excited, less excited? What you're feeling? Oh, I'm so much more excited going into those other two shows. I remember Revolution. It was like a feel of okay, you got a big Danielson match. That's exciting, and then that double or nothing show. I remember, like, the conversation around the time was, well, it's an AEW pay-per-view. It'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I don't feel that way going to Forbidden Door. Obviously, it's going to be good. But, like, I don't need to have that feeling in the back of my mind to make me feel better and get amped about it. I just look at the card, and you're like, this is is what a AEW and New Japan card is supposed to be. Like, without getting into the matches, this is why the Forbidden Door idea was so exciting. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, it blows last year's out of the water. Obviously, everyone being healthy, you know, protecting Mr. Danielson at all costs specifically, that has been the smartest decision by them because this is what we're all waiting to see. I mean, they're giving us dream match, dream matches, crazy matchups, great tags. It's everything I hope for more. Actually, it's definitely more because I did not expect us to get one of those matches. So you both, I'm already veering off of my script. I wrote down five questions that I wanted to ask, knowing that just the nature of this, of this discussion, I was going to think of things, but you guys both have a, a pretty good understanding of the, the new Japan fan base. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a New Japan card. This is more for the AEW fans who are also New Japan fans. Uh, Jeremy, do you does do the New Japan fans in Japan really care that much about this show? I think it's just another card for them. They're getting cards every day on TV, uh, New Japan World. They had six shows last week with a day off two of them were televised on world uh this is a pay-per-view for them over in japan this is just another day of business for them over there they're definitely intrigued because they have the aew programming over there i think shingo's a commentator for them over there doing that kind of thing so it's not really as much for the japanese fans Maybe the diehards, but this is purely a North American interest. Almost, they, I feel like this is Tony Kong's personal <laughs> booking. Like, this is everything that he always wanted to do on a card, and he is just getting it all knocked out. All these singles matches down the line. Do you have anything to add to that, Scott? No, I think Jeremy nailed it. Um, it's it's very much for the North American fans more than anything. And I, and I think you could feel that, you know, with like the Osprey Omega rematch. So many people, I think, are more excited for that match than maybe New Japan diehards right. because it's like, oh, that gets to happen here now instead of you know over in Japan. It's going to have a very different feel to it. So I think that is definitely, you know, Jeremy absolutely nailed that. All right. Another question here uh, on Dynamite. Uh, they just displayed a graphic to show us that CM Punk was wrestling. <laughs> uh, just random. Uh, he's going to face Kojima. Now there's a lot of talk about he, about him facing Kenta and Kenta has been out there on social media, pushing that whether or not that was supposed to happen. I know some people have said that it was in, in the cards and even on the fight game podcast. uh, If you, if you heard that on uh, wrestling observer, uh, John LaRocca said that he had sort of heard maybe that it was a, a booking issue of, of, of who could actually win the match as to maybe why that it, it didn't happen. But now they have Punk and Kojima. Uh, there is one side of the fan base who is very happy with what is going on. And they said, hey, you know, CM Punk didn't even really need to be on this show. And there's another side, and this is kind of where I sit more from the like, well, we should just promote the hell out of everything to see how much interest we could get. And I really do think that they should have pushed this as CM Punk's first singles match. Like, I'm not talking, they may do that tomorrow or later today on on Collision, but I'm more from the perspective of if we're going to sign this match and and talk about it, like he's got to cut a promo. We need to see some video of, of Kojima and when he was in his heyday. And I just sense that, 
okay, maybe this was kind of a last minute thing and, and they didn't really have anything set up for it. But uh, Scott, we'll, we'll start with you. Knowing what we know that Punk is back, uh, how would you have booked Punk for this show? Would you have done it sort of, you know, like they did kind of like ho-hum or would you have really tried to figure out a way to get him into, you know, th- this, this idea of like, oh, you know, th- this is the the dream show and of course CM Punk should be involved in it. Yeah, I would have went with the latter there of kind of really giving a focus to CM Punk because you could focus on last year, right? It was supposed to be him and Tanahashi from, yeah. all, from what we know. And that was kind of my hope for this year. I was gonna I was hoping Tony Khan was angry and it's like, I'm getting my match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that didn't end up being the case. And I think MJF versus Tanahashi is actually a great matchup. Um, and th- that own respect, but I would promote this as much as possible. It's still CM Punk. It's still his first singles match back. And truthfully, because I don't know if I'll get to say this, Satoshi Kojima in 2023, I'd much rather see than Kenta in 2023. Interesting. So this, this is a win for me. Unless Kenta steps in a Noah ring, I don't want to see Kenta wrestle all that much. So Kenta's actually a little, a little hotter than he's been at least. Uh, in recent memory, I guess. Yeah, that's I mean, a... if you enjoy Bullet Club stuff, that's what do you not think, Jeremy? The, the new savages, I should say. I thought Kojima was a total homer pick for Tony Khan because, you know, in the newsletter, the Wrestling Observer newsletter, he was talking about how he uh, was one of the few people that had won the, the GHC, the Triple Crown, and the IWGP. And so having him, like, wrestle CM Punk, sure. Fine. If you want CM Punk on this card, you didn't have him last, or no, you didn't have him last year. And that's totally fine. For me, the reason why Kenta isn't wrestling Punk is because there's probably some drama about the fact that he's scheduled to wrestle Eddie Kingston for a title uh, in about a week and a half. And so if he's doing a loss to CM Punk before that match, there's a lot of politics behind that that probably people don't want to navigate uh would it be great if they had a match one day sure do i care if they have a match one day not particularly it's a it's a move not a match that people want to see you know what's interesting about this and i didn't even really think about this until now so again it's veering from my script and and kind of want to get your thoughts this is really um about two matches as we know uh, the the two main events, whichever one is going to be the main event, they were saying on Dynamite like Okada and Danielson was going to be the main event. Uh, Omega and Osprey, as, as we all know, uh, I think it's probably on a lot of people's list as match of the year so far. And if you were to book Punk in a way that made his match, you know, let's say it's not quite those two matches, but let's say it's the third most interesting match or whatever. I, w- I do wonder if they thought, yeah, it kind of takes away. I don't want him to take away from Omega. Cause we have to sort of keep these folks, yeah. you know, not frustrated with each other. And then, you know, maybe punk says something in a promo that frustrates. somebody. Uh, and so I didn't think about that until now, but do you think that part of the calculus from Khan, from Tony Khan is just like, we're going to punk's going to be on the show. The focus is on Omega. The focus is on Danielson. We don't want to take away from that focus. And then 
the next show or the show after that, the focus can be on punk and maybe Omega steps in the background a little bit. What, what are your thoughts around the politics of that stuff? And Scott, you can go first. Uh, I've been thinking about this kind of all day, actually. Like, I think I just hit the realization hit me that this is the first show with Kenny, the bucks and punk all at the same building at the same time. Um, and I think you're definitely onto something in that, Maybe, and it's because you already have the two big signature matches. You don't need a third, you know, CM Punk versus Tanahashi, CM Punk versus name another guy. You don't need that to make this card bigger. It's not going to sell more tickets by any means. So trying to keep everyone happy per se, or keep everyone calm, definitely isn't a bad idea. Um, I'm intrigued by how they set up the card. Like, are they going to have punk wrestle first and then like get him out of the building? <laughs> and then <laughs> that's be like, a, all that, right. That's a, a lot of people think that that's going to happen. Like he's going to bail out. Opening the show with CM Punk is not a bad choice by any means because him and Kojima kick off the show, have a nice old fashioned match. Um, a lot of people have been posting that clip, by the way, of him and uh, Samoa Joe, where he's, you know, Kojima and stuff like that. So I'm actually happy that they're running that back. They're not going to play that clip on the on the show, but they should play <laughs> it tomorrow uh, on Collision. I think that would be ideal. Jeremy, thoughts? Man, I just think Tony Khan has made so many great decisions regarding his <laughs> roster and how he hooked <laughs> them up left and right that this can't possibly go wrong on a major production with another promotion. Uh, the Actually, the whole thing that made me laugh and that whole escalate was the Kazuchika Okada quote about whether he would have a match with CM Punk. And he's like... I don't know. I'm kind of friends with the young bucks, and yeah, this dude gets dressed in their gear when they're when 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 he's back in the, in the locker room. Do you know there was a second part of that quote? Yeah, yeah, I did, I did see it? it. I did see it. He, he said, "But if the fans want it, yes. yeah, I'll have the yeah. match with CM Punk." And I was like, "Why did? Why are we skipping that part of the quote? It was all one sentence." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's no, not I, the part that gets people talking. Yeah, it's not the yeah. sexy part of the quote. It's not the uh, the 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 one that that people love or, or love to aggregate. That, but that's going to be the real catalyst for all this. It's not going to be Tony Khan making the decision what's best for business based off within a own company. It's going to be the outside factors of what other companies are willing to do and what matches he can make based off of the behavior of his stars and who wants to work with them. That's going to be the real driving factor in all this. All right. Let's move, let's move along here. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, we do have title matches on this show. We do have 
big title matches on this show as far as the big belts are concerned. I don't know if people see those title matches as, as like giant matches in their eyes, but Scott already mentioned MJF against um, Tanahashi. And then we also have Sonata against Jungle Boy. What does it say to you guys that these, you know, really important titles are kind of like going to be in the mid card on this show? Does it say anything or, you know, if people are are kind of wondering about that, are they thinking too much into it? I, I just don't, you don't often see big time wrestling shows where the titles are not that important and they're kind of afterthoughts a little bit on, on this show uh, uh jeremy do you, have, do you have any thoughts on that yeah i was kind of struggling with the mjf one for a while because it really felt the u.s title uh the new japan united states title was the most important title being defended in this show and that the way that new japan typically does their titles that the iwgp title almost always made events every card mm-hmm. you also have mjf in there but MJF match does not feel consequential to anything other than a bucket list item because I think secretly MJF is a really big New Japan fan. <laughs> there are things in his matches that just give it away that this guy loves that little indie fed from Japan uh, <laughs> that he likes to talk about all the time. I think he's going to be incredibly motivated to have a great match with Tanahashi, and it could be a sleeper match we're all talking about afterwards. I also think the Jungle Boy and Sonata match will surprise some people. I'm not sure if the charisma will come out the way people are demanding that they see the charisma from both of those guys. But I think that they're going to be incredibly enthusiastic about putting forth a match and people say, okay, I wasn't expecting that from those two. That's generally my feeling about those two matches. What do you think, Scott? I think these are better ideas for world title matches this year than they were last year in terms of having Moxley and Tanahashi and then that fatal four-way. I think this is the better way to book them because you don't have these high expectations. Because you have those other two matches to rely on, right? Osprey, Omega, Okada, and Danielson. These two matches now have the chance to surprise people and wow people i think sonata and jack perry is going to make a lot of people just sit there and be like oh i i didn't i didn't appreciate your game okay (laughs) like i think that's going to be what happens especially for sonata because Mm -hmm. i think sonata works best in fast-paced matches that's what jack perry is going to give him those two are, I think, are going to go 15 minutes or so and absolutely tear down the house, and people are going to love it. And then maybe you get Jack Perry's heel turn that they're clearly building to. That Doki match for on Rampage as a preview or as a way to build to it was great. Yeah, I, need to, I still need to watch that. I saw some clips. I highly recommend. Um, and then the MJF Tanahashi match, yeah, I'm sold that that's going to be fantastic because it is the guy calling New Japan an indie fet against the ace yeah of new japan you can't it's it's so simply done but it's going to be great because i think jeremy's absolutely right i think mjf absolutely can't wait for this match he won't ever say it no but he's definitely excited for this one this is an american wrestling thing but the other thing that slightly annoys me about these matches because i hold the iwgp championship like higher than just about any other mm-hmm. any other belt, and and if it's on Okada, it would be the main event belt 
because it's on Sonata in the U.S., they can they can put it in the middle. But to me, the thing that I also slightly don't like is both of these matches are kind of backdrops to angles. Mm-hmm. MJF and Adam Cole, Jungle Boy, and whatever is going on with Hook or with Luchasaurus or with Christian. It does seem like these are steps in an angle rather than sort of the end-all be-all. And my preference for matches like this is that that's the most important thing is the match and the build and the beef. Now, this is more of an all-star game kind of show. I've heard people call it an all-star game. And I I, I very much understand that. Um, And sometimes when you do matches like this, uh, often because of a a lack of build, the interest isn't there. And that might just be what this is for me. I'm very interested to see MJF and Tanahashi. I'm less interested interested to see Sonata and, and Jungle Boy. And the reason, and I mentioned this in our Discord, is because I see Jungle Boy as the fourth guy in, in, in the pillars, and you had three pillars face one pillar, and the one pillar won. And so those three other pillars just kind of look like, oh, okay, like you're just not ready for prime time. So I see Jungle Boy as not ready for prime time, and... I I think in order to get an IWGP title shot, you should either be on the climb, you know, somebody who's on the rise, and then you you lose the champ and you get kind of knocked down a peg, or somebody who's just a giant star. And Jungle Boy doesn't doesn't seem like those two to me, but that might just be me sort of you know looking at it because I, I hold that belt in such high prestige. So that's kind of why I'm down on that Sonata and Jungle Boy match. But then you know you have some very smart people. John Muse is like, this is a business agreement. You, they're, they're giving you one with Tanahashi. You need to give them one. And my preference would have been, I would have given them another one instead yeah. of Jungle Boy. As much as I like Jack and as much as I root for Jack, I would have given them another one. So that's just that's just my take. And I think that's probably why I'm a little bit more down on that match than most people. Because again, I ex- fully expect it to be good. And people are going to be chatting, you know, in chats going like, see, everyone's so down on this match. To me, I I understand it's going to deliver. It's just the build to me, the importance. How do you how do you raise the stakes for both of these guys? It's probably not Jack Perry that raises the the stakes of this match. I don't think one of the things that I I've been struggling with trying to, like, comprehend and and get out there is that Sonata has made his name off of beating Okada when no one else could. And then after that, there hasn't been really a lot beyond beating Hiromu Takahashi, beating Yoda Suji, going into the G1. There hasn't been those key clutch moments that people can talk about. Oh, yeah, Sonata is the guy. But New Japan thought just beating Okada would be enough to transfer that aura forward. For some reason, it hasn't been... But this guy is coming off to the New Japan audience as the guy right now, even though it is not transferring in any way, shape, or form onto AEW programming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's part of it, right? That, that is definitely part of it. Um, all right, before we move on to the next question, I wanted to give Scott an opportunity in the middle of this show to hype up some of the stuff that he's going to be doing over the next week or so. Like I said, we dropped the show on the Patreon today. There's a, a new preview on the YouTube channel. What else is coming uh, from you 
that people can look forward to on this network? A lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week on the on the Five Star Joshi Show, I'll be reviewing uh, the pay per view, which was a big talking point. Stardom has a pay per view the same day as Forbidden Door. Yeah. So I'll be reviewing that, but that will be not a live review i've decided to kick that because i have overbooked myself for sunday and i do not want to record monday night after work so i'm going to be honest with everybody that's yeah. the reality so <laughs> instead they have another gotta, gotta work smart exactly they have another pay-per-view on july 2nd which has title matches and all the good stuff like that so i will be doing a live review on july 3rd monday probably around 5 30 p.m eastern that will be on the Fight Game Media uh, YouTube channel, so make sure to check that out. You can hear my full review on the Patreon this week, probably some clips as well on the YouTube if you're looking for that. I will also be doing my annual five-star Joshi Show five-star Grand Prix preview. That will be live on uh, the Fight Game Media YouTube channel as well. I don't have an official date for that, so wait and see. Uh, we're going to get closer, still waiting on the blocks, but it's tournament season in Japan. Jeremy knows. Jeremy yeah. knows. It's very much tournament season in Japan. I believe at one point the four biggest companies in Japan are running tournaments at the same time. It's G1, N1, Victory, Five Star Grand Prix, and I think Dragon Gate's running its King of Gate tournament at the same time. That's which, right. <laughs> which is just absolutely absurd, but I'll be previewing that. And I'll also be doing another Q&A, which will get up hopefully the same week as that Midsummer Champions review of July 3rd. So look forward to all that. Content and, machine. Yeah, and the easiest way to get a little notification on when Scott's going to go live is to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then when you get the little notification that, oh, the, the show, you know, you can even set a little reminder through mm -hmm. YouTube. Uh, speaking of YouTube, Jeremy, you're going to be on with the power bombshell i am so, too oh you both are going to be on i just they remember. haven't revealed they haven't they haven't uh, there's a given third their guest, guest right? look, you're uh you're dropping some hot uh -oh. skills here garrett uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh um yeah hope they don't get mad at me uh the the um so the power bombshells when because they record on sunday morning and My when show? aew runs a sunday night show because they run early in, in, in the day it's the pre-pre-show to the pay-per-view. So the, the Forbidden Door pre-pre-show at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Sam is running solo with guests because Mel is going to be at the show. So she'll be there at live, so she won't be able to do the, the, the YouTube show. But uh, Sam has some guests, so I, I guess we... We can don't don't tell Sam that that we exposed at least I, two of the guests, but there's one other one that she had. I like I have literally have no idea who's going to be. On. I, I will tell you that I think the unofficial official title of the show for me is speaking of the five star power bombshells. Oh wow, there you go. So <laughs> so same thing. <laughs> Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, it is in the show notes of of this uh, podcast, and you'll get to see these two smiling faces now. I'm a little worried because uh, Jeremy just told us that he's not going to be getting much sleep this week, uh, this weekend. So 
I don't know. If oh, it's gonna be... be a party pre-show, everybody. We're going. We're, we're gonna get crazy. You want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. I don't know if it is it Red Bull, like, or is it Coke Zero? Like, what? How are you gonna stay awake through all this craziness? Uh, well, I will be doing another podcast tomorrow night, and then I'll be getting some sleep and, you know, getting up with the with the rooster, walking the dog, getting some coffee, and then uh, liquid liquid energy through the show take a nap <laughs> and then join up for uh the forbidden door festivities later on that day yeah in my future yeah. i mean i should point out i'm i'm waking up for a stardom pay-per-view on sunday morning at 3 a.m crazy then, re- then recording at nine for a different show then jumping on the power bombshells then i'll get a nap hopefully in there before forbidden door but we'll have it to is a busy I, I, weekend for podcasting I hope you can nap because there are some people who can't nap. Thankfully for me, I can just lay down and close my eyes and it's pretty, pretty boom for a nap if I'm really tired. So hopefully a nap is in your future, but uh, okay. Now let's, let's get back to this, to this preview. Um, Let's talk about the sting and Darby partner here. Now you guys would know better than me. So the match is the Le Suzuki gods, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara and Minoru Suzuki against sting Darby Allen and TBA. Now, I'd say based off of the feedback that I've seen, the one who most people want to see is Hiromu, it sounds like. some, And then maybe some sort of Shingo and Naito after that. But what, what do you think, Jeremy? What is actually doable? And what is something that you think that they may have up their sleeve? Okay, so last year, it was supposed to be Sting and Darby, and Shingo, and Hiromu, the dudes with attitudes. Yeah. Hiromu got sick, and he ended up not being on the card. So Shingo was the third man for them last year. This year, I think Ignito. I think Ignito because of the Muda link between Sting and Muda, and the link between Naito and Muda from their Wrestle Kingdom match, to the retirement unofficial retirement of Muda this year with Mahir Chono and Naito and the whole deal. It makes too much sense that it is Naito as the reveal. And then they throw in an LIJ match after they reveal Naito because he wasn't there last year. He's the last big name that they can reveal on collision before they take it home and say, there, that's your final big sell before any surprise we have on the show. It just makes too much sense to have Naito and then do an LIJ match with Yoda, Shingo, Hiromu versus whoever they want to destroy and uh, fill out this card finally. Yeah, and, and Naito and Jericho had some stuff in, in Japan, mm-hmm. so that, that kind of makes sense as well. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, Naito was my pick. Once that once they said that you know Jericho's made enemies... I think that kind of tipped the cap to Naito over, say, a Shingo or Hiromu um, because of their past with the IC title. Um, and I think getting Naito on this show, you know, he wasn't on it last year. That was the big complaint last year. I remember yeah. that vividly. It's not – there was no reason to have Naito on it, you know. And I hope he wears his T-shirt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope he wears the T-shirt the entire match because that's the Naito I want to see. If that music hits on Collision, Naito's music, the place is going to go bonkers. It's going to be like Okada on Dynamite. Well, and this is this is a little bit off of topic, but I'm very interested. What is your strategy going to be with Collision on a weekly basis? 
Like, are you guys going to try and watch this show live week to week? Or is it just going to be a Sunday morning, Saturday night, turn the DVR on, get rid of the commercials. What, let's try and watch the show in an hour and 15 minutes. Like, like how, how are you going to do it, Scott? That is exactly how I'm going to do it. I'm going to record that with DVR and I will watch it at my leisure, whether it be Sunday, uh, Saturday night when I get home or and start to relax or Sunday morning because it's just a tough ask. I, I'll admit I can't watch any shows live. I yeah. need the DVR. I'm just terrible at commercials unless it's a picture in picture. I can get through that. But yeah, Collision, I think I have to watch it recorded because honestly after the first week i forgot that collision was a weekly television show (laughs) (laughs) so when they were planning for this week i was like oh oh right that's a weekly thing i have to get used to um so yeah that's the way i'm gonna go about it what about you jeremy Garrett, if you know, I'm beholden to my wife, my life, my work, and my side hobbies. Saturday is a big ask. If I'm around and I'm exhausted and I feel like watching some wrestling, I'll turn it on. But I'm not making this a weekly uh, appointment television. It's just not happening. Yeah, it's so interesting because I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't talked to a ton of people yet, but nobody has yet told me that they plan to watch live every week and that is really the hook for dynamite to me is that's the only show i watch live every week and the reason i do is because it's a little bit of a community watch mm-hmm. and you know i want to i want to see what's going on tony khan you know is gonna have surprises and he's gonna drop some news so you kind of want to watch live and i would say you know about 50 percent of the time i i'm watching the show within about 10 minutes and by the end i'll, I'll catch up and, you know, sometimes I just can't watch it live because of whatever reason. But this this one with, with Collision, I just feel like it's going to be so, so hard. And I'm not going to have that encouragement from the rest of the community who's like, nope, we got to watch this live. This is a live show. Five o'clock on a Saturday, a little, little tough for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm just very interested if, you know, if people are listening to this and they're, they're like, nope, I'm watching it live every Saturday. It's going to be my show. You shoot me an email, gg at fightgamemedia.com. I'm really interested to see how people are going to do this. And, uh, and, I, you know, and the thing is, is my guess is I'm going to like this show generally more than I like Dynamite just because it's more my speed and my style of wrestling. It's just mm-hmm. the, the slower storytelling. If Collision is, if the first episode is any, um, you know, is, is, is any tease for us, that's kind of my style of wrestling. And that, I think that's why I really enjoyed the first show, uh, Sans the uh, Lucha Luchasaurus match. But uh, yeah, that's the that's my one gripe. Like, get that, put that it guy does, on dynamite. Like, it does feel like a cup of coffee collision. on a Sunday morning kind of show. Yeah, I mean, it could is, very much so. And I don't know if they take that into account when they're like, okay, we know that there's going to be a plus three on this for the next couple of days, people are just going to be catching it and we need to be at peace with that. It is not an instant gratification rating show. And they're not going to be falling under the scrutiny of the ratings because on a Saturday, you're not going to get that until Monday or Tuesday anyway. So though he could, Tony could, instead of doing the, the Tony Khan special announcement on dynamite, he could start doing it on collision and try and see if he can get more people to make it appointment viewing, um, because that's part of what is the is the hook for dynamite is like we know that that's where you're going to get all the the new stuff yeah. and all the information is on dynamite. 
he could do that with Collision. One show he did not do that was Rampage, and we know what happened to Rampage. Rampage has just become sort of like the, you know, we're just going to put, uh, you know, interesting wrestling matches on and, and see how that works. Sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes. That's the <laughs> Punk. Satoshi Kojima should have been an announcement, special announcement for Collision. That would have that would have done great. We got a special announcement about CM Punk and the Owen Cup. And and, and, and maybe, them. now that I think of it, maybe the reason they don't do it is because they got the other surprise with Sting and Darby announcing their partner. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I still would have liked to see the Punk thing handled a little bit more importantly. But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that that's going to be interesting to see how he handles that Saturday show and if he can make it feel as like must-see live TV as Dynamite. He's done, he's done a really good job with that with Dynamite as far as, you know, making you want to watch that show live. All right. What is the one match, and Jeremy, you, you can go first on this one, that might be a little bit under the radar that you're just like, I can't wait for this match. This is the one that I'm waiting for. You know, obviously Danielson, Okada, Omega, Osprey, everyone wants to see those matches. What's like, you know, this was a little bit, I don't think people are talking about this one enough. MJF Tanahashi. I think that's gonna I think that's gonna surprise a lot of people. Um a lot of people are down on Tanahashi because they think that his knees are so bad that he can't go on any night. That's not true. He has bad nights, but he also has excellent nights and he knows how to work around his limitations. Uh the story around it, people aren't quite into it as much as they should be, but this match is gonna have people talking when it's done, I think. Can we send Tanahashi to Germany, get the blood spinning going on for his get knees? Get the Ray Mysterio treatment? <laughs> this, this is what the basketball players do, right? They, they, they get a little life back into their knees with uh, this blood platelet treatment or whatever it's called. Let's, let's do that for Tanahashi. Give him a couple years of life back in those knees before we send, you know, he sort of gets sent off into the, the OG sunset there. Um, Scott, what about you? Blackpool Combat Club, Shota Umino, and Kanosuke Takeshita versus the Hung Bucks. I'm going to call them the Hung Bucks until <laughs> until they are not anymore. Um, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. That's just 10 guys that are going to go out there and put on a show. I don't care how much time they get. I'm probably like the biggest Shota Umino fan in America. Like, I just, I love that guy. And Great. I so happy they got him on this show because last year forbidden door i thought that was like his big moment to uh, uh, you know ahead of coming back from excursion that people were like oh this guy is still good rev pro didn't ruin him uh sorry i had to get that thing because <laughs> rev pro him and rev pro is really tough but Takeshita being on the show is really exciting to me um because i think he is just what did moxie call him Tall, dark, and sexy. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's just gonna. I think it's just going to uh, blow the doors off. If they want to open with that match, I wouldn't blame them, yeah. unless they open with CM Punk and Satoshi Kojima for other reasons. Uh, but I would, I would get that match on early because that's going to set the bar. I think for the whole night. Um, I'm, I'm so intrigued by the Eddie Kingston Moxley. Uh, yeah best friends, bitter enemies, storyline, whatever's going to happen. I'm so, so intrigued. Good. And how about the promo on Dynamite where 
like you know a lot of wrestling creative like the whole bloodline thing is this long storyline very beautifully woven in and out just to just to say that the usos don't like their cousin roman like it's just been years and now we get to the climax and oh they just don't like him he's mean to them then they're now they're 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 it's a civil war eddie kingston goes out there and he just goes I hate Claudio. <laughs> and that's it. You're like, okay, I get yeah. it. There, there's like beef there. I get it. I believe it. I didn't need anything other than you saying it, you know, two weeks in a row to let me know that you just hate this dude and you want to fight this dude and you want to beat him up and you're going to take some punches. How many accidental sort of stiff shots, like, bruises uh hardway blood like i have a feeling that that there's going to be a lot of that in this match because these guys are going to be so juiced they hit hard oh mox is going to mox gets uh you know gets blood he doesn't get as much blood these days as he was getting at, at, at points uh over over earlier this year but I just, oh, just wait until July in Japan. He's oh, gonna be he'll be bloody <laughs> as hell by then. Oh, I know that that's a crazy match. Um, but like like uh, we sh- we should do a counter. Like, oh, I, I don't think he. I, I think that was a little bit missed. He he kind of punched him in the face on that one. I think we're not. We're gonna. That, that's gonna be the highest of of all the matches on the show. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty vicious, and there there could be some black and blue in, among all those guys. Um. Scott, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that match. That match is gonna slap. You're absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the moment like that, the Blackpool Combat Club popped up with Takeshita on the screen the other day. I was like, "All right, I'm in." I don't even I, like. I knew they were gonna face the elite. Didn't matter who else was in the match. Um, and then they just got better and better and better. Um, I just can't wait for when the match is going on and it's like Eddie Kingston and Wheeler Yuta in the middle of the ring. He's like, all right, tag Claudio in, like get out of the ring. And then they just go at it because that's the beauty of Eddie Kingston. He's very direct. Storytelling's done in so many different ways in wrestling. Eddie yeah. Kingston's way is all right. I want to fight you. And I want to fight you now. And I think I hate great. your guts. I don't like your face and I want to fight you. What? Wait, uh, so for those who don't know what the original beef is, like what's what's the story as to why Eddie hates Claudio so much? I think it has to do with the Eddie time. wouldn't get put over by Cesaro and Chikara a long, long time yeah. ago. Wouldn't do the business. Left. Eddie didn't get Cesaro didn't do the job for Eddie to put him over, and Eddie. Mm-hmm had resentment ever since, especially since Cesaro made comments about his fitness, about his dedication, a n- number of things that Eddie has taken issue with over the years and has not been able to let it go. Rightfully or wrongfully so, not for me to say. But So it's not it. like the NBA where all the beefs are like related to gambling or girlfriends or stuff like that. Yeah. So so it, it is a like a wrestling politics kind of situation. Yeah. Wow. And it's not like we've seen a lot of that lately in this in this company. Um, but hey, you know, he's using it for for the real beef. I know they had the ROH stuff and now Eddie's back and you know he's I know he's gonna be gone too, because he's gonna be in the G one. So we'll have a we'll have a, a little bit of time for him to shine here, and then we're gonna miss him, and then he'll be back after the G one. I just hope he doesn't get hurt again. That would not be great. I wonder um, if we're getting Mockley and Eddie or 
uh, Moxley and Eddie at all out in Chicago. That might be a something that they're circling. I, I kind of want the story to be told, you know, a little bit longer than that. But if it if the peak is there, then let's go for yeah. it for sure. All right. This is this is a hard one. Out of the two big matches, which is the main event to you? And we'll we'll go Scott first. Okada and Danielson. First time ever, probably Easy. last time ever. Like you like you didn't have to think about it. It to me is like the truest form of a dream match. Like the best of North America for a lot of people against the best of Japan. Um, you know. Five years ago, I didn't think this was going to be possible because I thought, you know, Daniel Bryan would go off into the sunset in <laughs> WWE. Ten, you know, seven years ago, he was retired. So I definitely didn't think it was going to happen. Now it's happening in this ring. Okada, for, in my opinion, is the best he's ever been, which is just a unbelievable to say seeing that this guy's a observer hall of famer and has the greatest run in new japan history as iwgp heavyweight champion but i think he's the best he's ever been um it for me i've seen okada and omega uh not okada well i have seen okada omega uh osprey and omega i've seen it yeah yeah i know how great that is and i know it's going to be great all over again I don't know how great Danielson Okada is going to be. I know it's going to be great, but how great? Yeah. How many stars is Dave going <laughs> to give? Are we going to hit seven, eight, nine? That's what I want to know. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because a, a a side B question to that was: Do you think if it doesn't reach that six star level, that people are going to be disappointed in? Like, let's say it's a five star match. Let's say it's a let's say it's as good as. MJF and Danielson. What did Dave give that? Five and a quarter, five and a half, something like that. Whatever, whatever, whatever that is. Is it five plus? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's say it's five or right. five and a quarter. Do you think people will be disappointed? Yep. Because the expectations are so high. Yep. The same. I kind of agree with you. Same way with when Omega and Osprey was happening. Remember, everyone's like, if it's not the greatest match of all time, is it a failure? And I was like, what? do you hear yourself um no i think if it doesn't hit six people are gonna be like oh it was a disappointment which is ridiculous to say out loud yeah but i think that is a real thing for wrestling fans honestly i think if it doesn't hit six people will blame dave rather (laughs) than blame the match (laughs) that's probably true (laughs) yeah i'm i'm just uh i think that is a thing for the hardcore fans that is going to be sitting there is you know, if it doesn't get to six, it doesn't get to five and three quarter, you know, who's to blame? Why? Oh, do these guys, oh, they didn't want to work. What went enough. wrong? You know, it, if, it, if, it, if it was in the Tokyo Dome, it would have been better. Like that, that oh, kind of conversation, go. right? That's the one. That and and look, look, maybe if it was a Russell Kingdom match, you know, maybe o- Okada's definitely going to see that as like a higher stature match than than oh, just a, a, an AEW pay-per-view. So there's there's a possibility there. So, um, yeah. So that, I will that, say Okada wants this match. Like he's he's said it on record multiple times. Don't so we know I, Danielson wants it? Mm-hmm. Danielson 
Danielson's first match he asked for was Osprey when he walked out. I don't know if that would be a smart idea these days. <laughs> I think it'll but, happen one day though. I think I that match think. is happening for sure. By the way, I'll I didn't mention I didn't mention the the match that I was kind of you know, the under under the radar match for me. Now this is a little bit of a bias because I really like this person and I know him a little bit. Is uh, Filthy Tom and Adam Cole? Mm. Oh yeah, it's like like I. I've said this many, many times. The way that I watch wrestling, people get frustrated with it because I don't really, I don't really care who wins. I don't, I don't have favorites. I watch it for, you know, here's what happened, and this is what good for business. Oh, this was not good. This is not going to be great for business. I have a rooting interest in this match because I so badly want Filthy Tom to be mm-hmm. really good because yeah. I want him to, you know, get something out of this. Obviously. And I think Adam Cole is a really good dance partner for him, for Tom's style. And I'm just, I'm just hoping like that this match just over delivers. And, and so I will be rooting for that uh, during the show. In my mind, I consider this an excellent consolation prize for Filthy Tom after not getting to be in the G1 this year. Because That was interesting. He- Why was that? I think they just had a huge field of people and they only had two people from the outside New Japan. And even with all the young lions, the war dogs that they wanted to bring in, all the people that they've just kind of glowed up, Tango Loa's back. He, there just wasn't room. And it sucked to say, but there just wasn't. Even with 32 people, there wasn't room for him. And he wasn't going to be winning a whole lot of matches, even if he was. So, you know, better days ahead for him. Uh, so uh, you can answer the question. Is, is it Okada Danielson for you as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've been I've been going back and forth with a couple of scenarios with the Osprey Omega match, and I'll pose it to you at, at the end of what I was going to say. But Okada Danielson is just going to be those two guys in the middle of the ring. Very little drama fanfare outside of just the aura of the two guys and the energy. And of all big matches very little do you need more than the aura of the two big stars to deliver everything that you need. And so I think that's going to be the main event because that's it's just the energy and the, the once in a lifetime factor. Now with the uh, Omega Osprey match, there's a couple of things they haven't paid off in storyline over the last couple months. Uh, at the end of double or nothing, Omega said he was going to go to Japan and get some friends. Now, Callis has spoken to Osprey and told him that he's going to have security and backup for him at Forbidden Door. Are we very quietly getting a Kota Ibushi backup for Omega at Forbidden Door as a surprise in the top level, something that they are just going to spring on us? Does that sound like something that they would do, or am I just fantasy booking the hell out of this? I mean, I think Tony Khan, that is a surprise that would excite him to deliver right just the wrestling fan in him and it's always a positive especially when kenny omega as your one of your top stars you know may not be as happy as he was you know a couple years ago to bring in a friend and, Mm -hmm. and and give another person to his his group there somebody who he really you know loves as a human being they're you know they're they're really great friends so that that would be something, you know, if you're looking to make peace and to try and, you know, figure out how to, to I don't know, p- 
he, you know, may, I, whatever he had, whatever Smooth Tony Khan believed he water. has to do <laughs> to appease both sides. This would be a nice one for Omega uh, and, and could, you know, possibly be some goodwill as well. Cause as we know, contract coming up at the end of this year. So, you know, you can make some concessions here and I think that would be really cool as well to the fans as it is, as it would be for Kenny Omega. What do you think, Scott? I think it's a possibility. I mean, if if he doesn't get Coda, I know CM Punk's in the building. You can bring him out instead. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that would go over well. That Those two seemingly are fine between, you know, remember those are the reports. In all seriousness, though, Kota Bushi being on the Forbidden Door show, that would be probably as big a surprise as you could have, right? Because of the obvious Kota New Japan situation along with, you know, just Coda being there in general, Coda being there for Kenny. Yeah. Like you said, easing him. It's like easing a lot of situations all at once. I know, you know, there's been, it's been pretty quiet on the Coda Bushi front all of a sudden, which is why I think Jeremy might be on to something. Maybe he's finally said, all right, I may have to stop, you know, talking to whoever and just get ready to get back because that's how I felt about Kotobushi for a mm. while now. I'm like, I don't need to hear you just tease things. Just show up and wrestle. That's that's what I want to see you do. Um, with the security stuff, I think that's definitely an intriguing case. But I also think Omega is losing, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. What what do you think, Jeremy? I thought he was going to be winning this one. Uh, for me. The protection for Osprey is not to win, but the protection for Osprey and New Japan is to have him lose because the story for him, I think, is down the line. Wrestle Kingdom, G1, main event, get the monkey off his back from last year and the New Year Dash promo that he had where he was just like, I'm giving myself a year to win the big one. Um, this Him winning now kind of undercuts that bigger story for the year-long path. And I've been kind of beaten that drum personally but if he were to win it would also free up the united states title to actually be defended on new japan mm-hmm. shows and it's only had one title defense since january this is the second one uh it's not ideal it wasn't ideal when carl anderson had the never open weight championship last year uh when you have these titles on non-new japan like primary wrestlers there is a cost to it and it just depends on how much you're willing to spend to make that happen now so by that what you just said that means you do not think that they're going to do the third match at Wembley then I've never thought they were going to do the third match at Wembley that's interesting they might have a tag match or something big where they are involved with each other but a singles match for Will Ospreay where he comes out victorious uh, this year. For me, I always kind of assume that there might be a big show next year in the UK and and Will Ospreay might potentially be under contract and that might be a better opportunity to make him the megastar next year rather than this year. See, the I in my mind, the hook for Wembley is just him winning a big match there and beating Kenny would, would be great. But then when they made this match for forbidden door, I was like, wait, so now Kenny's got to win twice so that will can win the third one. But then how does will get the next match? 
after losing twice to then win the big one at Wembley. But you don't even think he, that's going to happen. So that's no. interesting. No, I thought he would win at G uh, Wrestle Kingdom, win the title, and then Kenny would challenge him for the IWGP title at some point, and Osprey would defeat him for that title after Omega had beaten him twice for the United States title. That's interesting. That's interesting. And and we both we all think Okada's beaten Danielson. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could go the other way, but that just Okada is the world beater. Do you do you sense any surprise? Like I think, you know, with a card like this and the fact that we understand there are politics involved, uh, it seems like we kind of know all the big matches and how they're going to go. Is there a possibility for any surprises as far as wins and losses? Do you think? Mm. It seems like a chalk show to me. The only one that I thought that they might get real crazy with, but. I'm just pipe dreaming is Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale. Mm -hmm. Uh, There isn't so much going on in the women's division that if Tony Storm lost this title right now, that it would ruin a ton of plans. But I also don't think Tony Khan is as committed to Willow Nightingale as the fans want him to be committed to, to her. See what I thought was Willow can lose this match because she could win the Owen if they really want to go forward with her because she's in the Owen. Uh, they, you know, Brit is on the other side, but you know, Brit doesn't have to win it back to back. You know, do you, you, it would be nice for, for someone like Willow to win a tournament like that. Cause you know, they do have to uh, make a star, another star uh, in the women's division. And she would. She's the one that seems to be most ready out of the the younger wrestlers, right? So, so that'd be that'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean that 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 would be interesting if she won if she won that that match too. So I don't know. I think I think there's some good things coming for her. I think Tony sees so. the the reactions that she's getting, and you know he wants to take advantage of that because it's sort of like a goodwill reaction versus like the Jade thing is is more of like the created thing, right? You have this very uh, impressive looking human and she can do all this great athletic stuff. So of course, as you build her character up, the fans are just going to embrace that. Cause they, we wrestling fans like to see impressive stuff. This has been way more organic and, uh, and, and it's, it, you know, I, I like to see it when, when they can reward the organic stuff as well. Uh, all right. I think I'm going to title this. I don't know if I asked 10 questions, but I'm just going to title it 10 questions. It's possible I did eight or nine. I'm just going to, 10 just looks better on the title of a podcast. But uh, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Is there one thing that you guys wanted to bring up that I did not bring up as we head into Forbidden Door? No, I think I have a Makota question and the vibe that one. And that was really the, the one I wanted to ask you guys. I was going to make a stardom con. Comment, but I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll hold back. I'll be. I'll be good. I won't uh, say anything. I think it's good though that they have two women's matches on the show. I think uh, getting Athena on there is very cool. I think Athena has done very good work on a Ring of Honor show that not enough people probably are watching to know that she's doing great work. Um, I think she deserves to get the the push up to uh, AEW eventually. So that's. Very nice that they got her on there. And Billy mm-hmm. Starks, obviously, gigantic spot for her. Yeah. Biggest spot of her career. Um, she'll lose, but 
Hey, she's still on there. Um, you know, Nick Wayne gets so much attention, but Billy Starks is kind of the female version of, of Nick Wayne in the sense that someone who's oh, yeah. not old enough to necessarily be a pro wrestler who is kind of against the grain growing into a pro wrestler, and, and she's going to get a nice little shot here. If if Billy had a match with someone like a Will Ospreay, like Nick Wayne did, I think it would, you know, maybe she'd be talked about just as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unless she wrestles, I don't even know. Unless she wrestles Mercedes Monet, with, that's yeah. my probably best example tomorrow. Yeah, true, true. I don't, th- I don't think uh, she's gonna get that much. But I think she's one of the best prospects in women's wrestling. So. It's cool to see her get that spot at 18. Isn't Nick Wayne like debuting next month? Yeah, that, like yeah. soon. Uh, Q, work, right? July 10th or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very interesting. So Scott E. Wrestling on Twitter. Anything else you wanna you wanna mention before we get out of here? Um, I don't know if I have any more plugs. I think I did them all <laughs> in the middle of the show. We, I wanted to get through them in the middle so that people yeah, heard them. But, uh, make sure to hear my review for um. The Stardom show this weekend, they have two cage matches, pretty unique concept for them. That'll be a lot of fun, so make sure to subscribe to the Patreon. Um, And I think I'm going to have an interview out this week, actually, with Dragon Gate Shun Skywalker. That'll be over on Fightful.com. He's kind of a big deal, and they have their major show this coming weekend uh, on July 2nd, uh, Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival. So that's pretty cool, but otherwise, yeah, I'll be on the Oh, can't can I say the power bomb show? Oh <laughs> I don't, will. Don't tell Sam. I won't. I won't be on it. <laughs> nudge, nudge. I'll be on it. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I, I uh, I'll mention this here. Uh, I haven't mentioned this anywhere else, but uh, for our Patreon, I want to do a getting to know your podcaster series, and I think. Scott is uh, is going to be first. I think we've we've kind of no we'll, we'll figure that we'll figure that out, and it'll just be me, you know, kind of getting getting a little information about the the person who who does the five star Joshi show every week that folks listen to, and uh, so I I, w- I want to do that with pretty much everybody. I want to you know not that that's necessarily going to drive more people a ton of more people to subscribe, but I think for the people who listen to those shows getting to know Scott E after hearing his voice for, you know, these last few years that, that I think that'll be really fun. And, and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, I may even ask uh, folks for questions and such. So I think that'll be a fun little project for this summer. And, you know, we'll make it all the way through, including Jeremy, uh, 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 who, who does the YouTube stuff for us. Uh, he doesn't have a currently have a show that goes on Patreon, but, um, he is part of the network and I consider Patreon like, you know, it's, it's part of the whole, the whole circle there. So, uh, at Jer, <laughs> yeah. at, at Jer Feinstone on Twitter, what else do you want to plug? Uh, not much. I will be joining the boom with my partner, Stephen Conway to do our review with them. The AEW New Japan show joint review on Monday, dropping on Tuesday, and then we'll have our live show. That airs every Tuesday, 5.15 Eastern, 2.15 Pacific. And we'll talk about whether Bullet Club reunited after all said and done, or if it's still just a feud state. Everybody hates each other in Bullet Club because Bullet Club is not fine. Yeah, with the G1 coming, you guys are going to be really, really busy too. 
Absolutely. That's a lot of stuff to watch. Um, oh, one other thing I should mention is we're actually going to add. So the original idea for this was I wanted to get up to one show every day of the week. But because of, you know, we had a surplus of, of good content, we actually have two shows on uh, on Tuesday. So the boom is one of them in the clinch is the other. So we technically have eight shows a week uh, for the, the free network. I'm going to add a ninth only because just this week, it's not going to be a regular thing. We'll do a reaction show to Forbidden Door Sunday evening uh, at, you know, about a half an hour after the show ends because I'll be at Big Dave's with with Jeremy and I'll need to to drive home to to start this show. Uh, right now, it's myself and, and Paul Fontaine who have uh, have decided to, to do it. We may add somebody else, but. That so that will also be in the free feed. So Monday, Sunday night, Monday morning, you will have that immediate AEW uh, New Japan Forbidden Door recap reaction show, and then on Tuesday, like Jeremy said, you'll have like that one day later analysis that James B. McDaniel, Kevin Ely, Jeremy, and uh, Stephen will provide. So there you go. That is, uh, it's going to be a busy summer, you know. Money in the Bank is next week, and then we kick into high gear on All In, and it sounds like All Out may be at the United Center this year, which is uh, a bigger, you know, not 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 the same building as that smaller building that they usually do. So this is going to be a crazy summer. We will keep everybody uh, with some audio for them, with them every day, and uh, I hope that uh, everybody enjoys what we got planned. It's going to be fun. Thank you to both of you for staying up. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are, are, are warriors for me here doing this show. Just so people know, we're recording this Friday evening. It goes out Saturday morning, but Friday evening. So Jeremy's got like three hours of sleep in him before he's got to go to work. Scott has just got some, uh, some, some napping coming up. So hopefully you guys are fresh by the forbidden door and we can all enjoy it. So for Scott, for Jeremy, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.